0: Good morning.
1: Good morning. My name is Melissa Afulter and my pronouns are she and her. I'm a member of your Board of Trustees and it is my pleasure to welcome you to worship with us at the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Columbia. As we begin, we honor the Piscataway people and their ancestors. It is upon their land that we in Columbia reside. We are served by the Reverend Paige Getty, Minister, as well as a talented and dedicated team of religious educators, musicians, musicians, and other professional staff. Much appreciation also goes out to the many lay leaders and volunteers whose incredible efforts and dedication help to keep us connected. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, whomever you love, and whatever your faith tradition, you are welcome here. We particularly welcome any guests joining us this morning, we encourage you to fill out the visitors form in the lobby or online and connect with others in the uh, virtual or in person social hour after service, so that we may meet and welcome you. Um, Finally, for those attending worship in our sanctuary at the Owen Brown Interfaith Center this morning, please take a moment to silence your cell phones and other electronic devices. Um, We have several announcements today. Um, UUCC's six-week drop-in style newcomer class series continues today at 1130 in the Music Room downstairs. Uh, If you're looking to get more connected with others and learn more about UUCC and Unitarian Universalism, we invite you to join us for today's class, which will be a Q&A with Reverend Page. All are are excited. Well, you might be excited. All are invited to join us in Sanctuary B after service today for UUCC's engagement fair. Over 30 groups will be represented for you to learn more about and each group team committee and volunteer opportunity have a unique way for you to get involved. The engagement fair is one of the best opportunities to get involved in congregational life at UUCC. so swing by to find your niche in our community. And following the engagement fair all are invited to attend Howard county pride happening at symphony woods here in Columbia until 6pm. UUCC will have a booth that we hope you'll swing by and today's Black Lives Matter vigil, which will also take place at Pride starting at 4 p.m. We hope we'll see you there. And a reminder that your UUCC auction team continues to gratefully accept your donations for this year's auction set for Saturday, November 12th. Whether you're looking to host a dinner, a kid's play date, activity event, or clear out quality, good condition items ready for a new home, the team is happy to accept your donation. Visit the auction webpage to submit your donation. And when you're on the UUCC webpage looking for the auction site, go to the registration page for reflection groups because those are also still open and we want to have everybody who wants to come be in a reflection group. Um, I now have one. Um, More announcement from Michael Adcock, and then one from Paige.
2: Good morning, everyone. Your Chalice Concert Series returns for a full season of four concerts this year, two this fall and another two this coming winter spring. And it's so great to have a wonderful church year of events to offer and the UCC and the surrounding community. And we hope to be able to bring back our fabulous post-concert receptions, which is a great opportunity to meet the artists that perform for us We've got a wonderful variety of events planned and you can view all the details on the concert page of the UUCC website, but also look for details in the email blasts that are delivered to your inboxes. Ticketing links are all included there. Since it's my custom to play a biennial solo recital, I'll lead off the first fall concert on October 22nd at 7 p.m. with a recital of unique and rarely heard shorter works for the keyboard with my usual commentary thrown in. Hopefully you'll enjoy these lighter salon gems. And if you're a Tchaikovsky Nutcracker fan, I plan to offer a couple of dazzling transcriptions of the famous Christmas-themed ballet. And maybe next Sunday, I'll play a short concert teaser for you. And since this season hasn't officially begun, it's not too late for you to become a concert sustainer. We rely on our concert patrons in maestri to help offset costs. And we really count on and appreciate your generosity. Remember, we've said it before and we will likely say it again, you heard them here first, and if you'd like to attend, but the cost of a ticket makes it prohibitive for you, please speak to me as we'd like to make every effort for genuine classical music lovers to be present and in the seats, thank you.
3: Good morning everybody. I'm Paige Getty. I use the pronouns she, her, and hers, and it is my great privilege to serve as minister of this congregation. Before we hear the intro, just one more quick announcement. If you are interested in having a more active role in conducting worship, I hope that you will talk with me or Colette Gelwix, who's gonna raise her hand over here. Even if you're at home, you can be in touch with one of us. because the team of worship associates who are the volunteers who help plan and conduct worship services especially when i'm gone like for several months next spring when i take a sabbatical um, that team is going to grow and we would love to add you to the team before we do a training in a couple of weeks so let us know if you'd like to be a worship associate Welcome back choir so if you are in the sanctuary and need a hearing assist device those are available from the tech booth in the back so please visit them if you're having trouble hearing through the sound system you can find the order of service online either using the link in the chat or it's going to appear on the screen here in a moment if you'd like to follow along with the order of service on your own mobile device if you are a guest with us this morning, in addition to coming and joining us in the music room after service for a Q&A with me, please complete the visitor form so that we can stay better in touch throughout the week. And also later in the service today, we will be sharing personal joys and sorrows from among the community. So if you have a joy or sorrow that you would like to have spoken aloud on your behalf, you may write it in the Joys and Sorrows book that's at the back of the sanctuary or send it by email to joysandsorrows at uucolumbia.net. So will you take a breath with me? as we steady ourselves and enter this space in body, mind, and spirit. There is a lot happening this weekend. Here in UUCC, we had a caring congregation workshop yesterday, this engagement fair that you've heard about today. In our county, the Howard County Pride Fest is today, as you heard. In our country, there's a federal holiday tomorrow that has all sorts of complicated connections to it. And any of these things could have provided a focus or inspiration for today's worship service. But also, recently, those among us who are Jewish have observed their high holy days, the most sacred observance of their liturgical year, which began with Rosh Hashanah, the new year, and concluded this past week with Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. So our service this morning is inspired by that observance, and especially by the rituals of repentance and renewal that are part of Yom Kippur. Michael and Robin and I have chosen music and stories and readings and prayers that invite us into reflection about our individual and collective actions in the world. The intentions that we set, the ways we do and do not hit the mark of those intentions, and how we return to one another and to our values and our intentions again and again, repentance, repair, and renewal. In the words that you'll hear today, there's a lot of talk of forgiveness, which is at the heart of so much of this religious observance, but I'm going to invite all of us not to rush to forgiveness neither in offering it nor receiving it, without first considering thoughtfully what comes before. I invite us to consider the importance of accepting our human fallibility, of recognizing that we do wrong, to consider the value of confession, and also to consider the benefit of seeking reconciliation directly with those whom we have harmed. This service honors the fact that we are human, incredibly, magnificently, imperfectly, messily, and too often foolishly human. So we honor our individual humanity. We honor the relationships that connect us beyond ourselves with humans, with the universe, and with a holy reality that transcends it all. So in a spirit of humility and confession and atonement, Let us worship. We have a number of members of our community who are or were Jewish for whom the rituals of Judaism are very special. And so as we light our chalice, which is decidedly Unitarian Universalist, we have two members of our congregation who are going to lead us in that ritual as Sherry Peruzzi offers a reading and Lori Thorner comes and lights the flame in the chalice because Judaism is especially special to the two of them. So Sherry and Lori.
4: The Hebrew word teshuva refers to the ritual of return and repentance, most associated with the days of awe, the high holy days in Judaism, from, as Paige said, uh, Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur. As we embark on a journey of teshuva, may reflection, introspection, and soul searching help us discover our sacred purpose. As we turn, return, and repent, may the cry for justice kindle a flame of hope and spark a fire of commitment within each of our hearts. May this sacred spiritual journey light the way to a future based on equality, justice, hope, and peace, and help us return to ourselves, to our community, and to our God.
3: Thank you, Sherry. Thank you, Laurie. Now, will you please rise in body or in spirit? We're going to sing, We Begin Again in Love, which is a litany that was written by Reverend Rob Eller Isaacs. Some of you may have known him or known of him. He died this summer. So we remember Rob as we sing this litany. I will read the spoken words and you will respond with the words that appear on the screen.
5: For remaining silent
3: when a single voice would have made a difference. For each time that our fears have made us rigid, and inaccessible we for each time we have struck out in anger without just cause we that our greed has blinded us to the needs of others for the selfishness that sets us apart and alone short of the admonitions of the Spirit, for losing sight of our unity, Many acts, both evident and subtle, which have fueled the illusion of separateness. And while you remain standing, if you're comfortable doing so, I invite us all to join voice in speaking the words of the Congregational Covenant that now appears on the screen as we remind ourselves of these promises that we hold together. Strengthened by our common humanity and inspired by our seven principles, we promise to be a safe and welcoming community, to nurture each other's hearts and spirits, to delight in the beauty of our first to struggle together on our spiritual journeys and to challenge each other to live our lives. Thus, we pledge our time and vigor to the continuing celebration of spirit, of the world, and of humankind. And now, before you take your seats, if you'll take just a moment to turn and greet one another and welcome your neighbors into this space. And be gentle (laughs) and kind.
5: And then
4: good morning all.
5: Good morning. Good
4: morning
3: everyone. to Morning Jillian.
5: Mm-hmm. My name
4: is
6: Law. I'm your director of religious education. I'd like to invite any children to come down to the front. We're going to hear a story today. And while they are making their way down front, uh, I want to remind parents or tell you if you haven't heard yet that we are inviting you downstairs to join your children for a short orientation this morning. So please follow us down when we go down after the story. So this is a story that happened once upon a time and long ago in a country called Persia. And there were two friends Musa and Naguib. And one day, they went on a journey. They rode camels. Can you ride a camel with me? Camels sway a lot, so you're going to be riding camels. And they crossed a desert, and they climbed a mountain. And about midday, they came upon a stream. They got off their camels, because they needed a little bit of a break. And they sat by the stream in the shade on a sandy bank. And they ate their lunch. And then they got into a discussion. And then the discussion got a little heated. And then they started arguing with each other. And all of a sudden, Naguib slapped his friend Musa. Well, Musa kind of didn't even know what to do. My friend hit me, he thought. I'm really angry now, I'm gonna hit him back. But then he thought, oh, no, I'm not gonna do that. So he breathed a couple times to calm himself down. And then he picked up a stick and he wrote on the bank, my friend Musa hit me today. And then the two friends stood and watched the breeze blow the sand until the words were gone. And by then, Musa had calmed down and he said he was sorry. And they climbed on their camels and continued their journey over the mountain. And then they made their return trip. So ride your camels again. They sway a lot. They came to the same spot by the stream and it was lunchtime again. So they got off their camels and they sat by the stream in the sandy soil under the trees in their lunch, but it was so hot, they decided to go for a swim except that it had been raining in between. It rained a lot. And what happens when it rains a lot? What happens to streams? Go ahead. They get higher and they run faster. And so Musa stepped on a slippery rock and he fell into the water and the water carried him away. He thought he was gonna go under, he went under the water, he thought he was gonna drown, but his friend Nagib, he leaped into the water and pulled him out. So Naguib, Musa, I'm sorry, Musa was one drowning, wrote on a rock with his knife. He carved it into the rock. Today, my friend, my best friend, saved me.
0: So Naguib said,
6: I don't understand. When I hit you, you wrote it in sand and let the wind blow it away. But when I saved you, you wrote it in rock. Why?
0: And Musa said, when we
6: hurt someone, we're always sorry. And we don't want to make that a permanent thing. We want the wind of forgiveness to blow it away, blow it away from the sand, blow it away from our minds. But when someone does something kind or good for us, we want to engrave that in the rock and engrave it in our hearts and never forget. And then the friends Musa and Nagib climbed back on their camels and rode their way home. So I wonder, What are the things that you want to carve in your heart that you want to remember forever and forever? And what are the things that you need to write in the sand to let blow away from your mind? I hope you can tell the difference. So will you help me in singing the children downstairs? And we're gonna go have our first day of RE. Yay, I'm excited.
3: We'll see you when you come back. All right, please do. (laughs) It is our custom on the second Sunday of every month to collect an offering that we then give away in its entirety to an organization that's doing good work in the world. It is also our custom on a month in the fall to give that offering to two Unitarian Universalist organizations and Steve Buckingham has recorded a video to tell us about how your funds will be used if you give today.
7: I'm Steve Buckingham. It's good to be with you. The second Sunday outreach offering collected today will benefit the Unitarian Universalists for Social Justice, UUSJ, as well as the Unitarian Universalists Legislative Ministry of Maryland, UULMMD. Both of these organizations play a vital role in furthering UU advocacy for justice, one at the national level and one at the state. I consider myself fortunate to have been a founder of both, and I currently serve as the advocacy lead of UULMMD, the state advocacy group. UUSJ's mission is to mobilize and amplify the voice of Unitarian Universalists seeking to change the world through acts of love and justice. UUSJ's Capitol Hill Advocacy Corps volunteers Visit members of Congress and their staff, at least monthly, to discuss critical issues and action alerts are sent to subscribers providing direction for action on those issues. USJ's priority issues are defending our democracy, addressing economic inequality, environmental and climate justice and immigration reform. UUSJ is in the forefront of rallies and actions of witness to raise awareness and build support for our shared UU values. UULMMD is one of the oldest of the 23 state action networks across the country that focus on influencing state legislation and regulations. As the voice of UU values in Annapolis, we promote important measures to deal with a variety of issues, Our members work on issue advocacy teams, partnering with other advocacy groups and coordinating with activists in UU congregations to participate in rallies and other witness events, write and deliver testimony, and personally contact their lawmakers. Earlier this year, we were part of the successful efforts to enact the Landmark Climate Solutions Now Act, Juvenile Justice Reform, Medicaid coverage for pregnant women and babies, regardless of immigration status, the outlawing of untraceable firearms and expansion of access to abortion care in Maryland. We deeply appreciate and rely on your continuing support in moving our state and nation towards becoming a just, compassionate and sustainable community. Your contributions of time, effort and resources are needed in this critical time of challenge and opportunity. Thank you.
3: Thank you to Steve for that. And thank you all for your generosity in contributing to this month's Second Sunday Outreach Offering. And to Michael for the special music. invite you now, where, wherever you are, to settle your body in a way that is both comfortable and attentive. A way that allows your heart and mind and spirit to be open, humble, honest and gentle with yourself. We are collectively, I know, a people of very good intention each of us as individuals and us collectively, as a community and in other communities. And the fact is that we are not perfect in meeting and implementing those good intentions. So today, let's be honest with ourselves and experience the blessing in that honesty of offering and receiving forgiveness as we repent and return. This meditation titled May I Find Forgiveness was written by Joanne Fink, who also wrote the words that you heard from Sherry earlier for the chalice lighting. And it's published in a beautiful online collection that you might enjoy perusing of Jewish liturgies and, rit- and readings and rituals that's called ritual well. So I invite you to hear this meditation.
0: May I find
3: forgiveness for the times I did not honor my intention to care for our planet and help repair the world. For the times I did not honor my intention to listen without judging and give without expecting. For the times I did not honor my intention to be calm, patient, compassionate, and
0: kind.
3: For the times I did not honor my intention to respond rather than react. For the times I did not honor my intention to use uplifting, encouraging, and inspiring words. For the times I did not honor my intention to be aware of and present to what is true for me in each moment. For the times I did not honor my intention to practice positivity, mindfulness, and
0: gratitude. For
3: the times I did not honor my intention to listen to my body and treat it kindly. For the times I did not honor my intention to nourish my body with healthy food. For the times I did not honor my intention to go to bed earlier and get more sleep. For the times I did not honor my intention to deepen my connection to those I love. For the times I did not honor my intention to stand in my truth and allow others to stand in their truth. For the times I did not honor my intention to listen to my heart and trust my instincts. For the times I did not honor my intention to do what is right rather than what is easy. For the times I did not honor my intention to focus on what I have rather than what I lack. For the times I did not honor my intention to look for God in the face of everyone I meet and reach out to them in love. For the times I did not honor my intention to work toward a world filled with justice, equality, inclusivity, and peace. For all these times, may I forgive myself and may I find forgiveness. sure It's wonderful to hear your voices again. So one of the things that I value deeply and I think many of us Unitarian Universalists value deeply about our particular liberal religious tradition is its affirmation of the blessing inherent in the human person. In a rejection of the orthodox teachings of Protestant Christianity in the 19th century, our forebears insisted that a human being is born not with original sin, but with original blessing. That infants arrive in this earthly world whole, holy, and good. They're not inherently sinful and they don't require religious rituals to be embraced by their God. This affirmation undergirds the first principle of Unitarian Universalism, as it's been articulated for the past several decades, that we affirm and promote the inherent worth and dignity of every person. I do value this principle very deeply. It reminds me that every human being was born with inherent value, deserving of health and nourishment and love and livelihood. It reminds me that even those who maybe have rejected that blessing of inherent goodness, who have made choices that harm others, whose actions maybe even qualify as evil, that even those individuals were born with inherent worth, even they were, are not wholly defined by the worst thing they've ever done. I value this principle very deeply. And also, sometimes our promotion of this principle distracts us from other truths. Our inherent worth, our birthright sense of dignity does not mean that we're perfect or infallible or even that we're always good. It does mean, it does not mean, excuse me, that every behavior is acceptable. It does not excuse us from responsibility or consequences for our actions. It does not negate the need for apology, for humility, for repair, for restoration, for reconciliation. Instead, our affirmation of inherent worth and dignity is what offers us hope for the possibility of reconciliation, of forgiveness, Rather than an a priori rejection of humanity as being inherently evil, we affirm an a priori holy embrace that says you are inherently worthy. And that even those among us who have behaved very badly have the potential with sincere repentance for return and renewal and atonement At one meant a reconnection and reunion with one another and with one's God. As many of you know, last week a group of us from this congregation were on a walking pilgrimage in Italy, during which we visited a number of sites that were meaningful to St. Francis of Assisi. There were a lot of churches. Catholic churches, and in one that I visited on Saturday, I confess that many in our group visited a lot more churches than I did, but I did go in a couple of them. And on Saturday, in addition to the tourists like us, there were people who were there for confession. The sacramental confessionals were open and they were staffed by priests that morning. And there were lines of people waiting to speak to the priest. In this sacrament, if you don't know, an individual confesses their sins in private to a priest, and that priest has the power to offer absolution, a release from the penalties of sin. Now, as often happens when I'm seeing evidence of other clergy doing their work live in 3D, it gets me thinking about my own vocation and my relationship with you as your pastor, sometimes as your confessor, and how that is so very different from those who practice Catholicism. I do listen. I bear witness. I offer help in the effort to make meaning of your experiences and share ideas about how to reconcile and move forward. But I have zero authority to grant absolution except in the very most narrow of cases that involve harm done directly to me. We affirm that the act of confession itself can be cathartic, transformative, freeing. It's a first step, a powerful step in reconciliation. But the Jewish rituals of confession and forgiveness are more resonant, I think, with our Unitarian Universalist understanding of humanity and relationships than what I observed in that Catholic church last week. During the days of awe, those 10 days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, individuals are expected, encouraged, to speak directly to those whom they have harmed, to offer apology, and to ask forgiveness. It's only then, after that human-to-human effort, is it appropriate for an individual to participate in the corporate religious expression of confession and forgiveness seeking during services on Yom Kippur. After direct individual human-to-human reconciliation, then the community comes together to say, We have all messed up. We all confess our wrongdoing. We all commit to more mindful, just behavior moving forward. We all confess. So now, our God, will you forgive us? May we experience atonement at one moment with you? There's a lot of optimism and hope in our religious ancestry. Onward and upward forever was the motto of the early 20th century humanists. The universalists insisted that God is a God of love who would embrace all of God's children, not rejecting any of them outright from a heavenly afterlife. And I am fully on board with reminding ourselves of our potential for goodness and wholeness and progress. But we are also committed to being realistic, committed to being honest with ourselves, so we mustn't let that optimism keep us from accepting the very real ways that we as individuals, but also collectively, have really messed up. How we've caused harm in our careless language that diminishes our queer siblings, in our willful rejection of the realities of how white supremacy culture has shaped the systems in which we function, in our complacency in the face of policies that persistently marginalize students of color or with disabilities or who are transgender in our schools, in our ignorance that perpetuates the ongoing loss of livelihood and native cultures of indigenous peoples on lands where we reside, In our insistence that our comfort is more, that our comfort is more important than others' well-being. In our tendency to blame others for consequences instead of accepting responsibility for our own actions. In our arguably selfish neglect of the earth. We mess up a lot. One of our most sacred Unitarian Universalist affirmations is that first principle. We affirm and promote the inherent worth and dignity of every person. But none, or I'd say nearly none of us, no one I've ever met is wholly good and 100% innocent and free of any wrongdoing. We make mistakes and we hurt each other. We are sometimes self-centered and careless with our words and we have the capacity for so much good for healing and connection and growth and kindness and love we contain multitudes as the poet says
0: so let us confess and let us repent and let us return again in love I invite you into
3: another time of meditation where you will position your body comfortably and attentively again, perhaps close your eyes and with mind and heart open yourself to the experience of this guided forgiveness meditation that was written by Stephen Levine and adapted by Joanna Lubkin, who's a UU minister. A very important disclaimer before we begin this meditation, though. I firmly believe that forgiveness is not compulsory. This is an entire sermon on its own that we'll, we'll revisit another time. But forgiveness is not compulsory. It's a choice. There are some people whom we will never be, feel ready to forgive. So in this meditation, it's gonna begin with a suggestion that you bring to heart someone to whom you will offer forgiveness. But remember, you do not owe forgiveness to anyone but yourself. It's your choice and in your time. So now, forgiveness meditation. Bring into your heart the image of someone for whom you feel much resentment. Take a moment to feel that person right there in the center of your chest.
0: Open your heart to the suffering that you have endured by their transgressions. And in your heart, bring compassionate understanding to this person. Say to them,
3: for anything you may have done that caused me pain, anything you did intentionally or unintentionally through your thoughts, words, or actions, I forgive you. Slowly allow that person to settle in your heart. No force, just opening to them at your own pace.
0: Say to them, I forgive you. Gently, gently open to them.
3: If it hurts, let it hurt. and begin to relax the iron grip of your resentment, to let go of the anger.
0: Say to them, I forgive you, and allow them to be forgiven. Now bring into your heart
3: the image of someone you wish to ask for forgiveness. Open your heart to a compassionate awareness of the suffering you have caused them, intentionally or unintentionally.
0: Find within yourself the humility and courage to ask their forgiveness.
3: Say to them, for anything I may have done that caused you pain, by my thoughts, my actions, my words, I ask your forgiveness
0: for all those words that
3: were said out of forgetfulness or fear or confusion, I ask your forgiveness. Don't allow any resentment you may hold for yourself to block your reception of that forgiveness. Let your heart soften to it.
0: Allow yourself to be forgiven. Open to the possibility of forgiveness.
3: Hold them in your heart Say to them, for whatever I may have done that caused you pain, I ask your forgiveness. Now bring an image of your own self into your heart, floating at the center of your chest. Open your heart to a compassionate awareness of the suffering you have caused to yourself and others in this passing year. Bring your attention to the ways of being you have taken on consciously or unconsciously that have caused you to miss the mark in this passing year. Realize how those ways of being no longer serve you. Bring yourself into your heart, and using your own first name, say to yourself, for all that you have done in forgetfulness and fear and confusion, for all the words and thoughts and actions that may have caused pain to anyone, I forgive you. Open to the possibility of self-forgiveness. Let go of all the bitterness, the hardness, the judgment of yourself. Make room in your heart
0: for yourself. Say, I forgive you to you.
3: And now I invite you to turn your attention back to this gathering and our space together. We're going to sing hymn number 146. Soon the day will arrive with the guidance of Michael and the choir. Will you rise in body or in spirit? seated Sarah could I ask for your help up here at the table with the stones thank you each week we honor the personal sorrows and joy I think I have them all thank you Jen Scotty I have everything that's written in the book right (laughs) thanks I did get the email we're shuffling up here I apologize We give voice to personal joys and sorrows, but we also honor them with this ritual that Sarah is going to help with by placing a pebble in a communal bowl of water that ritualizes and honors the way that each individual story and life ripples out into the community and is held by all of us and touches all of us, and we hold one another in the grace of love and care. And just one more, Sarah, for all that is unspoken right now that you are holding, this is for you. And any of you in the room who would like to honor your own joys and sorrows during the music meditation are invited to come forward in silence and place pebbles in the water. Will you join me for just a moment of prayer and reflection before we hear that music meditation? spirit of life and love, a holy presence that each of us knows in our own way and calls by their own name, may we know that we are loved and embraced even in our imperfection and fallibility. May we be honest and humble in our wrongdoing and seek reconciliation and reunion.
0: Much grief is
3: held among us as loved ones have died, are facing struggles. And we also hold so much joy and hope and promise for the love, the healing, the connections, the promise of new life.
0: May we be a people of courage and faith, of repentance and of forgiveness. And now let's share just a moment of stillness and quiet that each of us might know the prayers of our own hearts. Blessed be. Amen.
3: Please rise in body or in spirit. I hope you all will make some beautiful new connections at the engagement fair, that I'll see some of you in the music room at 1130 and lots of you at Pride after that. And for now, may we remember the words of Robert Eller Isaacs, we forgive ourselves and each other. We begin again in love. Let us sing.